Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. Hello, I'm Aurora. And I'm no one for today. Yeah, okay. And this week we are discussing Series 7, Episode 13, The Name of the Doctor uh, by Stephen Moffat. This episode is really weird. Like I, I, like I was watching it, and I actually kind of broke down both like what's going on and like how much of the episode is devoted to like any bit. It's a really weird episode that feels. I don't know if experimental is the right word. But form-wise, it doesn't feel like a normal Doctor Who episode. Like, talking with the great intelligence makes up, like, 20 minutes of the runtime. Does it? It's, uh, really? Like, 10, at the very minimum, 10. Like, the, if you count, like, huh. the scene outside the the TARDIS control room and the stuff in the TARDIS control room before the resolution, that's like 20 minutes. It's nuts. All I can say is, watching this episode, I was reminded of why people hate Stephen Moffat. (laughs) Um, This this has a lot of his tropes in it. Um, A lot of what we hate that happens to Clara as a character basically like starts here um yeah it's just this episode's weird there's there's so many so many points of like why did this happen i don't know because shut the fuck up um it's like i don't think this episode is good but i appreciate it for trying to be out there i think this is him warming up to do an actually good experimental episode in two years. Like, it's it's really weird. Like, it's 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 such a strange episode, and it ends in such a strange way. And I think part of the reason why I think it's kind of a bad episode is it also, like, part of the problem is, is that none of the actual episode feels like it has anything to do with anything that comes after it or even really like it feels like it exists simply to explain the impossible girl arc and to set up john hurt as the war doctor and that's that's it it's even more than that because so at the end of series six at some point i think it's i think it's the the guy who gets beheaded first mentions Trenzalore and this is like, and then like all of series seven, a that basically like hasn't come up at all. Um, but then like all of a sudden here, it's just like, Oh, the series six arc is back. Oh, also the impossible girl ties into it, even though we didn't really foreshadow that at all. Also, also stuff for the 50th, you know, I, I feel for Moffat because I know there was a ton of behind-the-scenes bullshit. I know there's definitely no way. If if Nightmare and Silver should have been a two-parter, this definitely fucking should have. 
and there's just no way that was going to happen with the 50th and all the other bullshit going on. But it's like, man, this yeah. feels busy. This feels Chibnall busy. Not like yeah. quite, not quite that overextended, but like diet Chibnall. I don't know. Yeah. But the thing is, and I was thinking about this too, because I was thinking about how like messy and silly and everything. Uh, like I was thinking about how, uh, uh, like how this has similarities to how messy like Flux's finale was. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's not Imagine as Jeremy's... bad as last year. It is exactly, it is as much of a silly mess as I expected. And my reaction was mainly just lol lamau. Imagine the finale. Ah, uh, Chibnall. Imagine the finale for um series four, Journey's End, with all the like threads and convoluted bullshit, but worse. But in, and in 60 minutes, <laughs> 60 minutes instead of like almost two. Yeah. Two hours instead yeah and with less interesting characters mainly but yeah no like i think what sets this apart is that there's actually a genuine emotional response that this episode manages to gain like gather like there's a bunch of stuff in here that i think is really good like when he realizes that he's going to trenzalore and he like breaks down a little that's really good when like all this stuff with river that's really good when he reveals that he could see the river the entire time that's really good if a little bit of bullshit but very good <sighs> um it's just yeah it's... there's just so much going on here like <laughs> there were points where i had to stop and be like Oh yeah, that's like a whole thing. Here, here's my because there's just so many whole things. Yeah, here's my question: Why are Vastrogenian Strax here? Because they that's need a very good because point. they need other characters. No, but they have they they start this episode in the past, and it's just like ooh the Whisper Man, which are like. Clearly the... the Whisper Men suck. I, yeah. I will not lie. Those are the weakest parts of the episode by far. And even still, like, like, I will say Chibnall did a better job of making this fucking Sontarans threatening in the series finale and having them be the overall, like, last villain standing, sort of, better than the great intelligence was handled here. That's not saying much but true um he, yeah R richard e grant is carrying this role on his on his fucking shoulders um he does he does his best he can with it but yeah i'm just like i'm sitting here with this like setup and i'm like okay we already had the introduction of the great intelligence with vastrogenian strax we already like met back up with them with like with crimson horror which is like a legit good episode but why do we need them here it feels like moffat's best finales are when they're as stripped back as possible and or they involve cybermen let's be real yeah. um but like th this just feels like he's like oh we need to like have the whole gang come together like 
like a fucking like proto MCU Avengers flick or Journey's <laughs> End. Like, no, you don't. Yeah, and even then, RTD a... did that better, and I don't even like Journey's End that much. Yeah, this is definitely a real Moffatization moment. It's, I mean, okay, admittedly, I still think it's pretty cool, but I thought it was even cooler when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm reading is... on the wiki that apparently, like, the one really egregious thing with this episode is that it has its big reveal and then it just ends. And then when Day of the Doctor happens, they just treat it like it kind of didn't happen except for the fact that clara knows about the war doctor like they don't like yeah but apparently like matt smith had an injury and they had planned to have him actually carry her out of his life stream but uh that uh they they couldn't because he was injured rip but even like even then, even if they didn't, like it still feels so weirdly disconnected. Like it feels like a setup for a much more abstract, weird Zagreus style fiftieth anniversary than the like proto like well, I'm not gonna say proto Marvel blockbuster, but very modern blockbuster feelingy uh fiftieth yeah. that we got. Yeah, um, I, I recently learned that, uh, this is kind of a tangent, but that, uh, we recently learned that Keanu Reeves, during the first Matrix, like, injured himself very early in, like, martial arts prep and was basically in a <laughs> oh, neck yeah, brace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing that shit in a neck brace. That dude's insane. Yeah, so I'm just like, Matt Smith, you could carry a girl out of your time stream. Come on, let's go. Um... But yeah, it, it it ends abruptly. Um, God, where do where do we even begin? It's it's hard to break this episode down because it's just like it goes so many places and and so little places at the same. Like I still feel like because it has those emotional beats, it has more than flux. Because I think really now that flux has concluded. I don't think Flux was terrible, and I think it did have some improvements over last year and Series 11, but I feel like overall it suffers and still doesn't really get out of the Chibnall corner that is the bottom of my season ranking list <laughs> because, like, it feels like it's trying to pretend it has a lot to say while saying nothing. And I don't mean in like a political sense at all. Oh, definitely not. I mean, I mean in a sense of like it having all these things going on that end up not really mattering at all. Yeah. You know, there's, of course, we'll, we'll never know what we got if like COVID hadn't, fucked not not just well, the if tv COVID schedule hadn't fucked this over we wouldn't have had flux at all they would have just had another normal season of doctor who well i i'm it getting probably would have been kind of not good i'm i've been getting conflicting reports though because i've i don't know maybe this is just the fucking they rumor said that they rewrote re that they rewrote their plans for the season because of covid and just made it one long serial that's what I know, said. but another thing I heard was that Flux was originally going to be 10 episodes, like, what they envisioned as Flux, but then from even that, they had to cut back, but who who the fuck knows? Um, that's probably not true. Um, 
but yeah, there's there's good emotional beats. I think you know there's this is the problem when comparing like basically anything pre Chibnall era. It's like even though I don't like it, at least like Clara is like more developed, which is sad. Um, Eleven, of course, you know, is pretty damn good. Vast Regenian's tracks are good. It's just like a lot of it feels unnecessary. I'd even say this has the worst like river song um performance outside of uh let's kill hitler i disagree but i uh, disagree i think river song in this episode is one of the, actually the few good things about this episode okay let me let me take that back it's not her worst performance i think it's her worst utilization within the that, narrative yeah. okay that's true um yeah i was I, I would agree with that like her acting is pretty good here but like kind of kind of like with with, with vaster and strax and stuff i'm just like why why is she here again yeah yeah, I I like how I like the point that the doctor never went to visit her because as much as I don't like that, that is very consistent. Um, and I will say I did complain in Wedding for River Song. I did complain there that it didn't feel like Eleven loved River at all. But I will concede actually that in this last time that they interacted. I did actually believe it. Yeah, I think there's... This once. Yeah. It's... I think Eleven... Maybe this is just me reading into it, but I think Eleven post-Amy and Rory sort of has a darkness to him mm -hmm. that uh, makes it... Like, makes him slightly more mature. There's still moments of flanderization throughout 7B, of course, but it's like, I could buy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um... Apparently, Alex Kingston is coming back for one of the Chibnall specials, so after that airs, is all... she actually, though, like, I, I keep, I saw that, but they haven't said anything about it again, and I feel like I hallucinated it. I don't know. I, I just know if that happens, it'll be a miracle if it doesn't beat out, um, Name of the Doctor or, uh, Let's Kill Hitler for Worst River Song Utilization. Um... Yeah, she's fine. Um, I really hate Clara jumping into the time stream. Like, it's yeah, it's fine for the episode, but it's just, like, it'll go on to be, like, within the text of the show, like, oh, Clara is the most important person the Doctor has traveled with. Um, especially, like, in Listen and Hell Bent, it really sort of gets asinine. But, yeah, even in the beginning, it still is cringe for me. <laughs> Like, they just, like, I don't, hold on. I'm looking this up. <laughs> no, it's the official account. That's weird. We just haven't heard anything about it at all. It's odd. Anyways, and Doctor Doctor Who likes to do that. It's yeah. the most bizarre marketing strategy. Yeah, they're almost worse <laughs> uh, than Disney Star Wars at promoting their shit. Please, Senpai RTD, Oops. save us! <laughs> Please. Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's a little silly, and it it really feels like it doesn't like. I think part of the problem is. 
is that it never really feels like it matters. Like they move like I I don't think I don't think it was a mistake for them to just completely move on from it with 12. But also it has the side effect of making this feel like it doesn't matter because they never talk about it again ever. Yeah. The only thing that makes this the only thing that improves this episode is time of the doctor. And that's not saying a lot because you finally get the context of like, oh, okay, this is your grave. Like, sure, I'm sure we'll see that episode. But the fact that we do like get a follow up pretty soon after, like, I appreciate that, that, you know, it's a time travel show. You just see it in the wrong order, but that we do visit Trenzalore again after this moment because it would be so Doctor yes, Who. Yes, but also there's the problem of what is the TARDIS doing there because they just get up and leave in time of the Doctor and it doesn't make any sense. It, like, doesn't even, like... There's Doctor Who ignoring its own canon, and then there's Doctor Who ignoring its own canon from two episodes ago. No, yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, I've always kind of assumed in my head canon that like the first timeline is if uh is if the Doctor had never met Clara. Um, but you know that's never explained, so fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. so also the the whole concept of the tomb of the doctor kind of kind of falls apart a little bit considering a you know timeless child. Mm-hmm. That's that the the great intelligence didn't actually die from going back in the doctor's time stream. They died because they saw the plot line that was to come, <laughs> and then realized there was just like oh no, it's like this this man hasn't just lived for like two thousand years. It's been like two billion shit. I give up. Yeah. Yeah. And shouldn't Clara have known about the timeless child? Because she didn't go back in his memory. Yeah. She went yeah, back yeah. to his time stream. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Chibnall. Very cool. <laughs> you know, this this is mainly more for Aurora because obviously you didn't watch the uh, finale. But how much do you want to bet that now that they've like put the the watch with the memories, now that she's just put that away, that they're never they're not going to talk about it again, and they're just going to pretend <laughs> it doesn't exist, so that RTD can pick it back up, or can can ignore it. I think either he ran out of time to do the resolution he wanted, so it's gonna. I mean, they they teased the master so heavily. Um, that I'm like, okay, there's definitely going to be something with that. Cause the master is the whole reason she got like put on the timeless child thing to begin with. Um, like became, a, became aware of it. They're either going to do that in the specials because he ran out of time or they're doing exactly what you said and hoping RTD either makes something good out of it or drops no, it like it's hot. No, I mean, I, I, I didn't mean to imply that they were hoping that RTD was going to touch it. That was a, a misphrase. That was a, eh, fuck it, I don't care anymore. Like, let's just try to ignore it to make the transition smooth. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, like, possible. seriously. Like, seriously, I think... Like, the entire... 
it like I don't even think like the original reveal felt like it felt like it was trying like people complained that series 11 was too like was too like bland and it didn't have any connections to the universe and everything that they brought in wasn't entertaining. So he went, all right, fuckers fine. And wrote like bad lore shit and was like, is this what you want? And a lot, most people were like, no. So I think she just decided to be like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. It's, I mean, who fucking knows? Every every time I think I know where Chibnall's going, he goes the exact opposite direction. So, whatever, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, this episode, it's... Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really, like, aside from, like, the thing... Aside from, like, how weird like the the structure is and how i feel like it it does genuinely try and just kind of fails like i don't actually have that much to say because neither does this episode like i don't think this episode trot is like nearly the same in terms of flux and like trying to pretend it has a lot to say while not saying anything i think it's trying to convince you that it's doing more than it actually is with the arcs that Moffat had set up. Oh, definitely. Um, this feels... This isn't quite as bad. I think I think the worst example of this is honestly Timeless Child, where, like, a majority of the finale is the Doctor standing in a room while yeah. the antagonist exposits to them. This isn't quite as bad as that, but it just feels like... The, the finales I dislike about Doctor Who the most are ones where the Doctor and the Companion feel very passive for most of it. Because the Great Intelligence is basically leading them on a goose chase and, like, they're going along with it and there's a lot of exposition. Some good character moments along the way, you know, it isn't as bad as Timeless Child, but it's, like, nothing really happens until, like, nothing of note happens until Clara jumps into the time stream and I don't really like that construction. So it's like, well, okay. Guess guess I'll just Wait, write another this one question. Off. Another question has just occurred to me. How did the great intelligence find Trenzalore? I don't know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's the great <laughs> intelligence. It's literally that is another Moffat fucking like style over substance of oh i've thought of something cool without really doing like i'm gonna be real i've used this justification before but i'm a kingdom hearts fan i don't need everything to have like the perfect uh like, I don't need everything logicality. to have the perfect justification and logicality and setup. But half the time, like, in, in like, 11th, Dr. Moffat doesn't even try. 
He just wants to get straight to the cool shit without doing like, and I, I think to use another comparison, I to, to hop over to the thing that has consumed my life and my brain for a year, but especially in the last like week or so, which is FF14, where a lot of stuff in FF14's expansions that's really cool is really cool because the game has been doing the groundwork to set that up for 10 years. And you don't need to set things something up for 10 years. You maybe don't even need to set it up for a year. But the cool shit is cooler if you properly set it up. Yeah, this feels... And again, this is probably... This is probably like the whole like Moffat being overworked plus Sherlock bullshit. But this feels like the first finale where it's just like things happen just because because at least at least for like the pandorica opens there's like a through line of like okay i can see why that happens for the wedding of river song is as dumb as that concept is implemented it makes sense how they got there <laughs> here it's just like well he found the tomb <laughs> we're bringing this plot line back let's go yeah. um yeah i don't know Yeah. Anyways. Uh, cool. John John At Hurt. Least, John Hurt looks John Hurt. Cool. We'll have more to talk about John Hurt next week. <laughs> he looks at the, the camera John Hurt stoically. Thing is so is so funny because I I was just Emma, Emma and I agreed on Twitter that like when this episode came out because this was you know this was I think this was the the episode i watched like right as i was catching up so this this was the last episode out before the 50th i think right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and so then the 50th was the first one i i watched live so i caught up with this episode and i was like oh shit john hurt is gonna be the next doctor and that's the guy from merlin that's what i knew him from i and it's just like it's very not clear that he's not that he's not going to be the 12th yeah, I and don't also, remember if they'd announced Peter Capaldi at that point or not. I don't believe they had. I'm like ninety percent sure they hadn't. Like that 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 came out after, even after the fiftieth. I think I don't think it was no, all the way I, until no, the holidays, no, but... because he's in the fiftieth. Remember? Oh, yeah, right. Small... I don't remember the fiftieth. I'm gonna be honest. It's been like five years. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> like a, there's a brief shot of like his eyebrows, but like he's he's in it. Right. Right, yeah, okay. Well, anyways, I just, just yeah, this this shot is confusing. And also, it's really dorky that they, they put introducing John Hurt as the, the doctor. doctor. <laughs> In, like, big text, like, you couldn't figure it out what they were no, talking about. No, actually, you just, wait. You on. need a little hint. Yeah, hold on a second. Okay, yes, they did not announce Capaldi uh, for, like, three more months after this. Yep. It was in August, I believe. Um, and this episode aired in May, yeah. Yeah, I... I mean, there, there's the bare minimum work done, like... If you're paying attention, you know that, like, John Hurt isn't the next Doctor. It's like, he's the one that broke the promise, and it's like... It's clear Eleven knows who he is, but it's, it's also like... I don't know, maybe this is just, like, hindsight with, like, the War Doctor audios and the 50th having come out, but this this uh, reveal doesn't play nearly as well. Because mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, yeah, yes, well, 
We'll see you next time. You good job looking stoically at the camera. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> this whole plot is just like confusing. It's definitely hard to to keep apart from my memories of it. Like that's the thing because we're getting into the point that I have a lot of nostalgia for. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, there's there's half of me that's like, holy shit, this is the hardest shit. I love this. Go moff it. And then the other half of me is like, this is dumb and makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really, that's about, that's about what I have to say about this episode. Just, <sighs> yeah. I, I feel like if this, if, if we started this podcast like a couple years ago, before the Timeless Child reveal, I feel like we'd be much more like, like we'd have a bigger like problem i guess with mm -hmm. how this episode sort of implies that clara has always been a part of the doctor's life saving him from like the shadows like it's it's a massive canon rewrite when you think about it but considering what's gone on since it's like it's so insignificant by comparison that you're just like oh that was kind of dumb anyways yeah. I feel like they just wanted an excuse to... Somebody, like, dug up all the archival stuff and just wanted an excuse to throw it in an episode. <laughs> or actually, actually, here's my conspiracy theory. They were getting ready for the 50th and they just needed to work this into a plot somehow. Like, some way yeah. you use all the archival stuff they were digging up for the 50th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Anyways... If if y'all y'all have said everything, I'm ready to move on to ratings. Yeah. Uh at least it tried. I really do like I think this had a lot of potential to be really interesting and do some really cool stuff. And obviously Moffat will be able to do that in a few years when we get to heaven sent um but i think a lot most of the time i think it fails i think it does have like the one good payoff that i think it has is the river song payoff which like this and husbands i think are two like pretty decent payoffs for her character and like could have worked as final episodes for her character but everything else is just yeah uh gold star at least you tried c plus yeah um this episode is not bad um but it's not it's not great either um there's a few like good moments like the the stuff with alex kingston and matt smith when they're not get, being given like stupidly horny dialogue is actually like pretty good um set design is interesting richard e grant tries his best bless him um vaster and jenny and uh strax are there 
what the fuck there, else there, is yeah. now. Um, but aside from that, it's just like the brain power to compose the plot of this episode, if channeled into electricity, could maybe toast a piece of bread lightly. Um, yeah, that that's um, s- slightly toasted out of ten. <laughs> Little crispy. So, yeah, I mean, God, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a mess of an episode on every level. And yet, at the same time, I just have so much love for Moffat and his dumb bullshit. Moffat Stan. I just, Moffat Span, Stan spotted. <laughs> Moffat Stan spotted. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I am a, I have never touched Tumblr, and yet I am a Tumblr child at heart. I... <laughs> Look, I love this dumb bullshit. Like, yes, yes, Daddy Moffat, tell me more about Trenzalore. Give me your dumb, stupid poetry in your episode that is menacingly recited as if it means anything the beyond this single so episode. Bad. It's so dumb. Give me more. I need more of this shit. You know what the real problem with Chivinol is? It's that his 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 dumb bullshit isn't. It's like he landed in the the like the gap of dumb bullshit where he lands in the part where it's boring instead of going hammy over the top with it. Yeah, and he that's doesn't the try that to throw any flair on his dumb bullshit. Mm-mm. Like Exactly. It's too and just, serious. That's what I love about Moffat. You know, if I wanted, you know, if I wanted something a little more serious, political drama with real messages in quotation marks, then sure, I'll watch RTD. But that's not what I'm and here RTD for. And RTD is dumb my... as shit a lot of the time anyway. Yes, but it has <laughs> substance to it. And I'm not here for substance. I'm here for dumb Tumblr bait bullshit. And I am getting it. Give me that shit, daddy. 7.75 out of 10. Look, so I... what you're saying is is that you believe that uh, the Sherlock season finale was a throw-off and they're hiding the real one in series 5 where John Locke becomes a thing in the vault somewhere. I have never seen Sherlock. <laughs> look, look, I can excuse the neo-pronouns, but Moffat apologism, that's going a bit too far. Um, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real. If you like Chibnall era, I, I, sure. Godspeed. But at the same time, I'm really glad that we don't have one on the podcast because I feel like all that we would ever do is argue with them. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm just offensive and transgressive enough to shake things up without being a real challenge to the status quo. You just want the Moffat era to degrade you more. Yes. No further questions, Your Honor. Anyways. <laughs> next week, in what will probably be our last episode of the year, um, we will discuss... Well, we'll see. Because, wait, let me, let me look at my calendar again. Unless we, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, unless we record that, like, early in the week, that's right into Christmas week, and we probably don't want to be working on stuff then. So, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be the last episode of the year. Um, uh, until then, 
You can uh, follow us on Twitter at B2TardisPod. You can support us on Patreon for a number of benefits, such as early access to episodes, the ability to listen in live to episodes being recorded, and potentially even the ability to tune in uh, uh, to that. I, I fucked it up. That's the first time I've ever like really fucked that up in forever. Oh, my God. Uh, and even potentially have the opportunity to guest star upon an episode of your choosing. I'm Jeff. You can follow me on Twitter at WheatleyDL. Uh, I I am here, surprisingly. Um, I am Rory. You can follow uh, us on the Twitter.com at of mice and fems on the Twitter.com. Uh. Yeah. I am XX Moffat Stan XX69420. I am a dumb 2014 Tumblr pun based username. <laughs> Do pun based username or um um homestuck chum handle? Yes. God. I mean I literally I literally use a, ch- a homestuck chum handle. Yeah. Exactly. And we will see you all next week.